Welcome to the Perception Channel, a place where we have casual conversations with design heroes, inspirational leaders, collaborators, and friends. I'm here today with Kevin Lee, Vice President, Global Head of Design at Visa. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Just to get started, tell, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and, and your upbringing and, and how you got sure. started. Um, so I grew up in Korea, uh, South Korea that is, uh, and uh, I moved here around uh, high school years. So I went to high school, college, uh, grad school here. So one of those like a typical 1.5 generation, that's what most people call it. Um, so I have a kind of bilingual and bicultural background, which I guess in, in many ways it's kind of helped me to be who I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, having some sensitivity for global audience, uh, designing for the localization type of solutions. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about it. So um, yeah, and you know, I think the growing up, uh, never knew that I'm gonna be a designer, but uh, uh, there's a couple of tipping points in my life that allow me to, and, but I always like to work with people uh, and uh, you know, some of the objects. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's kind of gave me the prerequisites of being, you know, stay curious, stay interested in people and their behavior. So, but yeah, that's how I grew up. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, it's funny, unlike other kids who wants to be a doctor or police, I actually wanted to be an engineer. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember a conversation with my dad, who's now, you know, uh, passed away, but having a conversation about this industrial engineering. Hmm. And I didn't know what it was, other than the fact that my dad told me one day, and I looked it up, and I sounds interesting. It has to do with the process, mm -hmm. it has to do with the uh, optimization, it has to do with the people. I thought, oh, that's, that's kind of nice, mm -hmm. seems easy. Um, and so I think that's kind of what stuck to my mind mm -hmm. all the way through, even when I moved here mm -hmm. uh, in, in the United States, uh, and until the point where I went to college, and I actually did major industry engineering for mm -hmm. about two years and then I decided to switch uh, because there are other requisites that I have to do as part of the engineering students mm -hmm. that I didn't like it. Right. Like electric engineers. I just didn't like it. So, but that kind of, this is where one of the tipping points that allowed me to mm -hmm. become a pursuing the design track. Mm -hmm. um, so. so where did you go to college? So I went to college in a small private college called the Mercer in Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, so I grew up in Georgia uh, once I moved here. Um, and it's a sort of a regional school. So um, it has all the uh, medical school, engineering school, business school, marketing, you know, all that, but it's just a smaller size. And I, I actually like that because I wanted to stay within a uh, smaller community, more tighter, mm -hmm. so I can get to know pretty much everybody on the campus, uh, professors and faculty members. So I spent, you know, actually four years and one more year because of the, I was working. I liked so much that I had to work uh, in the uh, uh, in the nearby uh, campus. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I spent my undergraduate. And then you went to Carnegie Mellon. And then yeah, and then the, when took some some time off, and uh, and then I went back to uh, Carnegie Mellon for pursuing a grad program in human computer interaction. Mm -hmm. um, because when I was an undergraduate, I did study what you call the uh, technical communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is still the major that is there uh, in many universities in the, in the nation, and I think that's the, usually the what most of people pursuing from a sort of English major uh, or somebody who is actually getting to the more of a technical aspects of uh, designing for human. Uh, and back then, 
you know, World Wide Web wasn't available. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the things that these people who graduate from that program is doing is designing a manual, designing a online manual mm -hmm. or the uh, multimedia, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a form of designing for human uh, or deliverable for that matter. But uh, yeah, so I, I majored that and studied that and I designed a whole bunch of uh, you know, instruction manuals flyers, things that will help people to comprehend mm -hmm. what they are supposed to do um, and uh, have fun. And mm -hmm. actually that's where I started to realize that uh, uh, I wanted to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years gone by, I wanted to do it in a grand scale, mm -hmm. uh, not a, a very niche uh, uh, industry. Uh, and I looked it up, what are the programs are available, and that's where I found uh, Carnegie Mellon's HCI program, which that was fairly new at the time, right? It's it's a relatively new at the time, and uh, I, I didn't know I could get into Carnegie Mellon. To be honest, <laughs> I wasn't good enough. But then somehow I got in, and that's where I think my life started to turn. In Pittsburgh, the, in Pittsburgh, that's where it all changes. It all changes. <laughs> so yeah. So was there? You, you mentioned tipping point. Was there any specific moment or tipping point around that time that opened your eyes up to the world of design, coming from engineering and yeah, into actually, there's a couple. Uh, definitely, um, I think that first one was when I got into Mercer, and then I told you about designing mm -hmm. uh, engineering major, and I was trying to switch to something that related to not necessarily design because we didn't have a design major, right? But something to do with designing for human, mm -hmm. and there's something called a technical communication, and all the engineering has to take one course of that as a requirement. So I had to take it. Uh, I was an exception. And then one day I was trying to switch in the middle of the class, and then that professor, which is my mentor, um, Dr. Davis, she, she told me that, okay, Kevin, if you want to switch to my discipline as a full-time student, I'll let you, but you got to pass my course with a B or above. Hmm. And the, the, it sounds kind of easy, right, B, I mean, who wouldn't get a B on the course, but that course was very challenging for not only for engineers, but someone like me who's basically a foreigner. Right, mm -hmm. uh, who speaks English as a second language, um, and back then I was more, you know, loudier than before. And then she actually challenged me with, the, if you get to pass my course with a B or above, you're gonna get in my program and you're gonna do a fine job. And that took a bit of a challenge statement for me, and that was one of the tipping points. All right, well, let me show myself if I can actually do it. Because if I can do it, I may be able to do a lot of other things mm -hmm. in my life. But if I can't. Oh man, I maybe just need to be engineer for my right. life. And I did it. It happens, it's meant to be. Right, and I did it and I actually came out of with B plus. Awesome. Uh, and she was very surprised because she's very hard graders mm -hmm. and she doesn't give us slags or uh, anything. And since then, that's where I changed and then spent remainder of my undergraduate designing for those, you know, understanding like how to design for you know user needs. Mm -hmm. That was one of the big um, you know, learnings. Mm -hmm. And then so learning, started learning as a more pragmatically uh, give me some sense of understanding and then doing some practical training nearby you know companies mm -hmm. uh, at school um, learn some how to translate you know, theory to the practice mm -hmm. and that start to mold uh, who I am now so uh, how did you get your first big break so you know first big break is really happened quite a bit later mm -hmm. uh, in my life uh, so after I went to CMU I mean, that was a big break itself, but sure. you know, not really from a professional uh, practice perspective. Um, the big break is actually uh, when I graduate from CMU, if you guys remember back then, 2002, mm -hmm. 
Stockholm sure. went crazy. Yep. So I think most of students from CMU usually got a couple offers before they graduate. Uh, back then in my class, about 25 students, not a single person got an offer, hmm. uh, except myself and another guy named Kevin. We, we are the only two that got an offer before we graduated, and I was so stunned how I could have even gotten an offer. Uh, but that first offer was actually the big break from professionally because while you could think about all the companies in the world that who want you to work for them, um, the company in Wisconsin called the GE Healthcare hmm. uh, reached out and they said, hey, we'd like to uh, you know, hire you. And, uh, um, and, and, and that was a big break because you know, you're going to think about yourself working for the, one of the largest companies in the world. Um, and yet, scary as it is sounds, is healthcare. I mean, what do I know about healthcare, right? right? Let alone GE, right? Uh, when everyone else is rushing into West Coast, like mm -hmm. Yahoo and you know, those companies, right. right? So I was very scary at the same time. I need a job. Mm -hmm. So uh, I couldn't really say no. Uh, I went to Wisconsin, which is not that different from Pittsburgh to Wisconsin. <laughs> same winter. Same winter. Um, <laughs> uh, better weather, uh, more blue sky. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it, that was a big break because in there, I. This is to this day, I still tell all my friends and colleagues, if you ever want to challenge yourself in a design profession, you've got to work in healthcare at least once. Hmm, that's because healthcare is huge in terms of potentials, mm -hmm. yet everyone's shy away from it. And I, I wonder why, and it's, there's many reasons. Uh, some people are more personal, mm -hmm. uh, some people are more has to with the geographic location where healthcare companies are not quite in West Coast, right? if you kind of recognize that. Right. They're all in the Midwest or East Coast. Um, but the industry itself is, is just full of ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, there are regulatory uh, bottlenecks. But to me, that's where I consider those as a design constraint. Mm -hmm. And when those constraints are there, it can be more creative than the air industry that doesn't have essentially any regulatory um, uh, If you constraint. can do it for healthcare, you can do it in any yeah, industry. Yeah, that was a kind of a mindset right. shift. And so my three and a half years, I think, or almost four years I've been there, it was one of the best career platform um, that I was inherited mm -hmm. um, and I just took upon what was given to me uh, I make every effort out of it um, to the point where I actually was even a, a wrote a, a design process within Six Sigma hmm. uh, I'm the one of the co-author of the uh, design process at GE Healthcare uh, with my colleague who was, was at the time Six Sigma Black Belt mm -hmm. uh, now Master Black Belt um, but I just never thought that I'd be able to integrate design into Six Sigma. And we wrote a couple papers, we made a conference appearance, but I'd done everything from a product design to process integration. Um, and so in that four years, I was able to expose, oh, what is it like to be a designer mm -hmm. in the corporate uh, design? And what is it that you know designer need to do better uh, to help the company to move forward? Mm -hmm. um, so it was a very big break from that angle. and. From there on, I think I have gained some confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much about, you know, you know, egos, but rather, okay, this is a practical knowledge of what I have gained. So let me try to offer this back to other companies who may be needing it, uh, and that gave me kind of a career path to pursue uh, uh, to the point where I'm at Visa now. So. Mm -hmm. so as you as you look back at all the different uh, transitions that you made from from GE or Whirlpool, you're at Samsung, PayPal, right, yep. now Visa, obviously. How do you see each one of those roles helping to shape your 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 path? And what did you get from each of those yeah. companies? 
it's, it's, uh, it's always fascinating to look back on your career, right? And then be grateful for all the things you didn't know at the time. Um, I guess I was talking with this to many different recruiters or the uh, headhunters or even uh, candidates. And one thing is I've been staying all my life in a corporate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, had a courage to go to a startup, but never had a the final like commitment. So I ended up, but I think, you know, I think I've been in all the major corporation in many different industries um, where I think it has the, uh, you know, the different, I guess, flavors mm -hmm. from a sense of a design size, right? Design team, like I think I was being, uh, at Visa right now, you know, we got most smallest design team to a, a company like Samsung who's a thousand designer. Sure. Right? So I've been into those spectrum of, you know, you know two digit, you know, team to a three digit couple hundreds to like thousand. And uh, I think every one of those career transitions have helped me to grow myself, mm -hmm. but at the same adapt. Right. Uh, and uh, by evolving myself from what I have learned. So the way kind of happen is the GE helped me to create a foundation for what it is that I need to do better. And I was very naive, you know, like rock star who think with all the answers, <laughs> right. right? Later you got hammered by the management team, you know. But you, you kind of grow from a maturity mm -hmm. perspective. Went to Whirlpool, I think that's where I took a lot of practical knowledge and then partnered with other designers who's already there, like 150 of them, and really bring this digital leadership into the company. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, from there, you kind of take another career break in going from finally from you know, the other parts of the country to the West Coast, eBay and PayPal, and really help within the e-commerce world, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that I never had experienced. But the foundation is continue to get stronger um, from a, whether it's a team management to team leading uh, or to team operation. Mm -hmm. um, what I was gaining was actually the different touch points or different exposure. Um, and that was, I guess, in some way, um, Blessings, I guess, in my in my view, uh, or some people call it luck, but to me, it's uh, you know, sometimes I know that some people try so hard to get into different types of industry, right? But they're unable to. And so when I look back on my career, I had this constant stream of uh, the the foundation of the platform as a you know design leaders, but I was lucky to be able to have those protocols mm -hmm. of integration of like different industry. So I was able to expose the same learnings, but you know, different applications, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from a healthcare to consumer goods, to commerce, the payment to a, a Samsung, you, know, you name it, right. they'll do all, uh, to now uh, Visa. So it kind of, that's where I think kind of rounds up in terms of having a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then that practical experience allowed me to be more insightful mm -hmm. in the areas that, you know, able to, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I think I would, allow me to discern sure. what science fiction versus what can be reality. What are, what are some of the things that you've discovered uh, after working at all of these uh, you know, huge uh, tech and innovative companies as far as best practices for organizations to consistently innovate? And what are some things that maybe you learned over the years just don't work? Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a really great question. Um, this is also part that I'm struggle the most or has been struggle. So, you know, sometimes we as designers think of ourselves as though we have all the answers. Right. We're just different human beings. We are very emotional, <laughs> yet we are very temperamental. 
at times, but we are very creative. Uh, that's who we are that uh, make us to be as a profession. But I think that's where the most dangerous trap that mm -hmm. we all run into. Now, I think the exception of very few, there are most of designers we know of today don't have all the answers. Um, and I think the biggest aha moment for me was, and, and that's the discipline that I carry across all companies, uh, even at Visa is, I always try to bring sort of two-dimensional uh, thinking to the table. One mm -hmm. is business. I always think about business first. If it's just really unheard of, when you think about, if you're a designer or design leader, you gotta think about design, design quality, design you know, perfection details, all this stuff, uh, which is very important, right? That's what pays me to do what I do. But if you are working on the wrong problem, not by understanding the business problem, or refuse to understand the business problem, what value do we bring to the table? I mean, after all, the reason that you f work for the corporate is to understand where the corporate is going. Mm -hmm. um, and then try to internal internalize what that means and then how the design can add value. Uh, sometimes adding a value through a very incremental, sometimes adding a value by bring, doing some innovative leap of faith and then socialize. There are many spectrum of different sort of the buffet table that have different stuff that ready for you to pick up and be able to use. But I think fundamentally understanding where's the business is heading mm -hmm. and why business is doing what they're saying they're gonna do. And I think to me that's a very, very important prerequisite. I think for designers to be so successful in any companies, whether startups to the big company. Stay then, on course. Stay on course and then, um, but the other thing that you kind of have to bring that design inertia into the, the core game is you, know, you gotta sort of not look at the end users, mm -hmm. which is a cliche because we all kind of do that. But I think in in many corporate settings, I think truly practicing end user needs are I think hampered, hampered by either too much process, or hampered by politics, or hampered by non-designer like activities mm -hmm. that I've seen in many different companies. It's very unfortunate. So. But when you put those business needs and the user needs together, the design is the only discipline that's able to fuse those together. There's no other discipline in the company mm -hmm. can actually fuse. It's not a, 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 a you know, criticism of other, it's just right. the way that design is being built. Uh, it's just a matter of how one chooses to tap into those, the information is available. Uh, because when you combine those two, then you're gonna end up most likely to build a, something that will bring two people together, which mm -hmm. is business, who are gonna make a decision on delivering certain services and products, to whom? End consumer, mm -hmm. and end consumer who's gonna decide to either take your offer or not, and when those two things are aligned, that's where the uh, market is established, right. and opportunities capitalized. And I think that's where the design uh, play a role. That's and the sweet think, spot. That's a sweet spot, yeah. How do you measure the success of a design initiative? Yeah, that's a very controversial topic. Uh, every, I mean, like as, as, uh, like as a GE, we got one measure, which is uh, mm -hmm. around Six Sigma, right? right. You do the down to the pixel and mm -hmm. quantify human performance, which we did that. But outside the world of, you know, that the type of uh, industry, the way I personally measure the success is, again, maybe a couple of things. Well, one starts with business. The business needle has to be moved. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't matter whether you do the fantastic design work. If the business does not move uh, by an inch, um, and granted, company like Visa or GE, all the company I work for, 
moving those companies into the inch apart mm-hmm. is even huge in Denver. Takes an earthquake. That earthquake, uh, shockwave, right? Yeah. CPR to do that. <laughs> but there are ways to do it, mm-hmm. and I think you know, as in, that's one of the reasons that you know, when Visa approached and and I, you know, eventually decided to partner with Visa, is exactly I see opportunity. I saw opportunity so clearly mm-hmm. that how design can fundamentally as the the KPIs mm-hmm. to the bottom lines of the business. So the way I look at it is a couple of things. One, the, the the upper management, right? I mean, again, it's a cliche, but does upper management understands what designers do? Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they have a definition for. And as a matter of fact, I actually refuse to think that that because design uh, the executives aren't able to understand design the way we want them to understand, isn't the failure. And actually, as a matter of fact. Anything that they think of design as a value, whether it's uh, designing a little small mox, or, or to run a co-creation, or to you know help on prototype, um, all of those are successful major because there are other executives in other companies who don't even understand, and they constantly look elsewhere, mm-hmm. meaning that they look for outside help uh, when there's an in-house design team. Right. So that's a very primitive state of success. But then the other success, which I'm most fascinated about, is when you change the conversation, uh, and conversation as in when you change how people conduct their business. Um, and I give you a very con- concrete example. At Visa, we have done something within our design team that naturally helped our upper management to change from a say deck-driven, presentation-driven meeting, mm-hmm. especially the one of the key. Uh, client meetings or key executive meetings to a, a experiential driven hmm. through either prototypes or demos, uh, things of that nature that will tell the better story, mm-hmm. better narrative. That's interesting. And and to me, that's a huge, huge uh, measure of success. Mm-hmm. Now, does that correlate to the business performance? Maybe, maybe not. But that's one of those to me that hardest things that ever happened. Uh, back in my other careers that I've done, I think it's it's very hard to do it because I think you know executives different mindset in terms of when they look at the problem mm-hmm. and when they conduct the business, and and the, the fact that when they start looking for the experience to first understand complex requirement, the complex business situation they're in, whether they talk to you about hey I appreciate design value here, doesn't matter. The fact that they're looking for that type of medium. To help them to do better at what they do, that's to me truly the design being invisible in many ways, or right. uh, I would say integrated in mm-hmm. the mindset of people. Um, and so, to me, that's another second layers of a measure that I'm looking for, um, and we are doing it at Visa. Uh, and the last one is really about truly making a profound bottom line impact. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, it's it's hard to do it because you know to make a product, it's not just a design. Right. You got a product technology come together, and then the marketing team has to you know tell that story right. in a very proper way. But at Visa, again, we, we kind of have those four parties mm-hmm. uh, within the company working together under the same vision and share understanding of it. That where everyone brings their to the table, and we doing our part, you know, designing the best in class, you know, for example, checkout experience, right. or or the uh, now we just recently. Um, Announce the uh, digital commerce app uh, or M Visa in the uh, you know emerging markets in mm-hmm. Asia, uh, but for those are something that we do, and then the engineering right technology team builds um, 
to the point where it's reliable, robust, right? Quality driven, um, and then product team does their part, um, and then looking out for the roadmap where mm-hmm. we need to be stay competitive, and marketing kind of package it up. I think when all those things work together, then you truly have the, the materialistic impact. Mm-hmm. And you know whether that again points back to design. You know we don't take you know that as a more of a selfish interest other than hey it's all teamwork right we're just glad that design is able to finally play a role mm-hmm. that other companies honestly are struggle mm-hmm. uh, to play their role mm-hmm. and I think one thing that I do have tremendous respect for you know colleagues at visa it's not like a promoting a visa here but it's a true story is mm-hmm. that every one of them product technology design and marketing exactly understand how to complement each other's the core skill set and mm-hmm. knowledge that they bring to the table and that's where I think we create a huge synergy yeah uh, uh, and that that happened in the short amount of time that we had visa so so where do you find uh, inspiration personally inspiration um, I actually wrote it down that the uh, <laughs> the question um, so I get inspiration from very unthinkable really type of mm-hmm. source um, so I do get inspiration from kind of cliche but my family mm-hmm. um, I got two kids um, you know my daughter who's uh, middle school eighth grade she's now officially told me that she's gonna become a UX designer wow and she's gonna become as someone so successful that she's gonna hire me as an employee <laughs> so uh, I trust her I mean she's, great. she's really good and she's creating a bunch of wireframes and you know there are so many apps that you can actually download and being able to create mm-hmm. your prototypes uh, she's good at graphic design uh, but anyway uh, and, but I get in source of inspiration from them because, again, as a designer, you kind of have to understand the human's behavior. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to pay someone to help you to understand that. Right. Um, but look around you. You got a free resources right there called a family. Yep. What better ways to get inspired and validate mm-hmm. uh, some of the things that you're thinking about that you're about to do when you come back to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we talk a lot about some of the yeah, just life in general. Mm-hmm. But fro- through there, I somewhat picked up on some you know, understanding of it or the implicit validation that I'm thinking in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think they also truly do have some senses in the user experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife being the one of the awesome tester. I mean, she's the perfect usability test right. <laughs> candidate. But uh, you know, I just get a lot of uh, inspiration from them in terms of oh, this is what normal human beings are actually wanting to care right and so we're over engineering for example mm-hmm. well because this problem that we try to solve here at visa or elsewhere that I'm you know came from it doesn't really matter to consumers right so that helps me to calibrate the realistic practical solution that most of users are care about mm-hmm. to the ones that sometimes companies are so agonized mm-hmm. but what problem you try to solve other right. than your own ego mm-hmm. right so that's one. Bring it back to reality. Yeah, bring it back to reality. Stay always constant with the uh, pragmatic mm-hmm. right, solution, which I'm a big fan of. But the other source of inspiration, of course, I do tend to look at inspirational, um, the the you know stuff like uh, whether it's uh, arts. Mm-hmm. My my wife is a big art. Uh, she's an amateur artist, so I get exposed to the colors and the mm-hmm. abstract patterns. I'm mm-hmm. Like what does that dot means? Right. And she knows what that means, and I don't know. But but mm-hmm. that those things help me to get inspired uh, because you know every work that we do as designers are all driven from a as long as you work in a digital medium 
it's all dot driven, right? Right. Uh, there was once dot metrics, now it's color printer, but it's all at the bottom, the common denominator. The, the dots are getting smaller, but right. they're still there. Right, it's still there, right? Yeah. If you go in and in, and the common component of all that is dot. Mm -hmm. They create a line, line creates a shape, mm -hmm. right? Creates a dimension. So I also like to kind of look at the primitive state of the art or the form of that, whether it's a physical, like chairs that we're looking at. It's just looking at how other designers have took upon their approach and creating what it is now that I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I disagree, sometimes I'm fascinated by it, uh, but those day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. uh, daily objects um, that I can expose myself to, not necessarily paying a big money to go to this, you know, you know the concert or right. the uh, art gallery, but just things that surround me mm -hmm. in, your uh, environment. In, in my environment. I think to me there's a natural source of inspiration. Mm -hmm. How do you inspire your team? Um, uh, that's a controversial topic too. Um, I do it. Uh, one thing that I learned, um, and I do try to do my best, and I'm not good at it, but I'm trying. Is uh, how do we inspire? I usually try to stay very authentic. Mm -hmm. um, so when you think about authenticity with inspiration, it doesn't seem like it's going together. But to me, this is where there's a leap of faith, right? You may not see a direct correlation between authenticity or transparency with a source of inspiration. But if you actually have a leap of faith and think about all the consequential and sequential things that will happen because you are being very honest and uh, transparent about everything that you do, then it's going to eventually lead into the inspiration. Uh, again, this is something that I talk a lot with my team too. And at the end of the day, human capital is the asset mm -hmm. that we have and we have to work with. Uh, you know, there's no other way that uh, you'll be able to create an invention. Um, even a Tesla, the automated factory, does not produce you the invention. Right. It is done through the human, human who created the first idea, and then you put it program into the automated machine that will carve out and cut metals and bend metal, right? Mm -hmm. Stitch things together. So I look at the same thing. So one of the things I realized through my own mistakes, too, is that when I'm not motivated by genuine transparent agenda the end output is always suffered um, and, and, I, and I actually correlated one day all the invention or the work that I've done through GE all the way up to you know before Visa and correlate the output to the motives that I had and more the diluted motives that I had its output was very murky mm -hmm. or one could say wow that's a great product but I wasn't feeling that level of satisfaction, um, and so my first order of you know business uh, of inspiring team is I gotta be honest about you know whether it's a feedback or whether it's a, a business agenda mm -hmm. or team agenda. Um, I want to be as much transparent as I can, um, and then let them understand where I'm coming from, um, because then when you see you know heart to heart. It's easier for you to accept the feedback or uh, vice versa uh, because you know the intent isn't about malicious mm -hmm. you know, act but rather try to help one another. Um, and so that's the one big part that I'm trying hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm far from perfection, but I think I've seen the effects of it. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that when I'm such a transparent uh, leader, that it does help many people um, down the road. Um, but the other thing that I always try to inspire people is back to basics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't try to focus on glamorous, shiny objects that are always distracting us. Right. Um, but I look at, okay, we're trying to design this 
for this needs of the human, mm-hmm. um, well, then what is it the first or two things that matter the most? And let's perfect that experience. And then everything else, let's not like we're gonna forget about it, but let's focus on those one or two things that matter. The essence. The essence of the product, right? right? Because at the end of the day, human beings can only process five to six, seven, you know, information at the same time. Right. And let alone, they're gonna forget about half of those. So let's perfect those essence of it, mm-hmm. and then spend most of the time doing that. And I think that's helping us as a designers to become more inspired because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that when designers are not inspired, not because they are not motivated by a leader, but I think they're mostly distracted by a lot of things that are distracting them. They lost their focus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's where it sounds very. I don't know. It's very basic, mm-hmm. but to me, that's what that's I think is wise. most hard things to do because we are so surrounded by so many stuff that you know seek for our attention yep. it's easy for us to sidetrack and look at something else mm-hmm. but while I'm doing that the focus is being lost yeah right? and then at the end of the day who's benefit so I think that's where hardest thing for me but I'm doing it and at least trying and I think that tend to uh, motivate a lot of uh, designers yeah I mean it's something we share in common is uh, we always come back to what is the problem that we're trying to solve what is right. the creative challenge you know obviously we want it to look beautiful and yeah. and to have a shine to it or a glow to it but at its essence is it solving the problem right. is it is it achieving the goal right. of the assignment and then the rest is, is I mean I think you know, uh, we, we talked about last year I think you know it's some of the work the great work that you guys do with the Hollywood you know clients and you know some of those Futuristic UIs are very inspirational. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some are far out there, yeah. but their essence, essence that is, hey, push the envelope, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the the after all, digital mediums are not two dimensional. We chose to create a two dimensional. Right. But there are ways to create a three dimensional if you choose to, mm-hmm. and still make it very useful and usable for end consumer who's going to consume that information. Which is all about, you know, going back to dots, but also information content. And not every not every information are meant to be you know constructed within the two D. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of those you know healthy sort of like close loop you know industry mm-hmm. between what you guys should do you know and do best in the industry and then the remainder of the the traditional or classic design industry. And I think there's a lot of things that but at at the essence essence is uh, get to you know get back to the basics of yeah. it. Right? I think when I think when everyone focuses on the basics of it. And everything else was solved by nature. Absolutely. What's the best piece of design you've ever seen? Um, best piece of design. Um, you know, I think uh, to me, I have a very evolving definition of best design. Mm-hmm. So that may not help the answering the question. But at the moment, uh, my best design for me is one that is declutters the entire. The, the features. Mm-hmm. When I say declutter, I'm not talking about the one button and one UI, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I use very limited social media just because you know, I don't have time for it. Right. So my only social media is LinkedIn. I don't have Facebook, I don't have a Twitter, I don't have Instagram. Uh, people are like, why? How can you leave? <laughs> like, try. You can leave with one social focus. media. Yeah, focus, right? Yeah. But, you know, I think the, I'm trying to look at all the objects so we have at home you know, kettle, you know, mm-hmm. pot, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we are big, you know, like a drip coffee, you know, drinker at home, at least for me. Um, so we kind of collect those stuff. And I look at those objects that 
designers have created is very pure and simple. Mm -hmm. It's no clutter. It's a very simple phone mm -hmm. that gives you the photons right away. You know where to grab it. You know there's a kind of a little shiny elements like color finished mm -hmm. materials, but it's only just there enough to entice your engagement. Right. But that's it. There's no other stuff that they added on that makes drinking experience to be nothing more than a horrific experience. Um, and I think that's the, to me where I'm trying to look at anything that around me. Uh, what is the chair that I'm sitting in, the car that I drive, or the, the digital medium that I work. And I think that the challenge with the digital, designing for digital is, you know, um, I think there's a lot of temptation because you ended up having this canvas mm -hmm. that's screaming for, you know, add more, add more. I think, of, and there's a fear as a designer that if you don't add more, you're gonna get criticized for not able to complete this masterpiece as if masterpiece has to full of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I continue to argue that no, actually successful design is the one that you take things out and still functional, still relevant, and still useful and elegant. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's where I'm constantly aspired to look at things and try to draw a what I need to do in the digital space which I'm working in right now to mirror those. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of humans, we myself included, uh, we get tired at some point. Um, you know, like wh whether we get tired by information density, we get tired by multiple shiny objects are you know launching in the market that you don't know which one to grab towards. Um, there are so many media attention on this is bad, this is good, oh, but this is kind of good, but not sure, so right. you choose consumer. So I think we're at the era of information overloaded mm -hmm. um, in, uh, and then the gadget overloaded, um, just overloaded. And I think the, the true invention is somebody who starts to declutter stuff mm -hmm. and bring the most unthinkable simple product um, that consumer wants. And I think the most, if you look at the most of hardware, that's what most people compel towards. You know, they, they, they look for the less featurey, you know, vacuum cleaners, you know. They used to like the 10 feature gadget, but then it breaks after six months versus the right. one that does vacuum what it's supposed to do uh, and it lasts for 10 years. That's probably the best invention ever. And I think that's where you know, we try to, um, Visa and design, we try to mimic the card if you look at the card, that's the best invention ever. Most mm -hmm. simple, pure, pure, and most easy to use. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, it's designed by non-designers. <laughs> so we take it very seriously that, oh my God, you know, this is someone. Goes back to your engineering. Back right, too. right. And then the, somebody have figured this one out, and it's been sitting in the market for the past 50 years, and the, for another 20, 30 years, to mm -hmm. be the most singular form factor that best invented, that brings no comprehension, brings uh, no uh, hassle, but mm -hmm. and universally everyone knows, even the kids know how to use that product. I think that that's, well. <laughs> that's the bar that we have is, how do you match the digital experience to the point where everyone understands how to use it? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we're getting there a little bit. Uh, I think there are some you know, industries are doing better than others, mm -hmm. but we got a long way to go. And I think that's one of the re uh, reasons for you know me to get inspired is look at those simpler products understand how they did it because sometimes they did it not because by design but by purely technology innovation mm -hmm. uh, and we should say as designers okay with it not everything again has to be invented by designers that's a false premise right but we can complement someone else's invention by creating a most elegant you know, beautiful design that mm -hmm. people would love not just six months but six years um, and I think that's a roles and 
responsibility of what I would consider. Yeah. How has Visa evolved since you've been here? You know, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, almost three years almost now. Three. Um, I, I think I told this story to one person the other day, but we this is the first company I experienced that the design truly have been integrated. Um, and it didn't took us five years, like other companies I came from, or right. 10 years for that matter. It took us only three years. Um, and it's not just because of what our team did. Uh, I can't say that uh, the only reason is because us. I think that we've done as designers, what again, going back to basics, we're focusing on basics of it, and we demonstrated what the value of that, that focusing on basics can result in from a business perspective. And then we start adding this other um, design-related activities that help amplifying it, mm -hmm. uh, not the other way around. And I think that helped bring pragmatic, um, solution-based design approach that people start to understand, oh, if I work with designer, this is the end result I'm gonna get. Um, and, but then they start adding or introducing other things that sounds interesting, but I'm gonna trust because I already seen the one manifestation of it. Right. So then it's easy for me to translate that into, okay, well, if I work with designers, this is what I'm gonna get now that they're introducing other you know, things. Um, so I think that's kind of helped uh, one track uh, establishing this uh, sort of fabrics of what design led culture that we are in today. Mm -hmm. But the other train and then the fabric that was laid out at the same time was, and this is a credit to you know, our HR function and also our you know, leadership, uh, you know, Ryan, who's our president. I think there's a lot of this the understanding that, that you know, for us to be who need to be as a company, we can't you know, uh, work off on the old models or existing model. We had to evolve. And I think they're ready to absorb uh, the type of things that we do mm -hmm. uh, as a designers do best uh, bring design thinking to the table uh, but not just theoretic debates about it but rather fundamental practical solutions of what that could look like uh, uh, and then I think collectively from other functions we brought in co-creation practice as a, one of the things that we do um, uh, in engaging clients so there's a lot of this umbrella of design thinking practice has been nurtured at the same time um, so it's you know, you when you start looking at the bottoms up to the top down, this is truly the, the where it happened mm -hmm. last three years, and so to me, you know, I think, you know, if if you ask me to describe, you know, what's the Vita's, uh, the understanding uh, and the maturity of the design thinking, I would say it's probably the one of those top companies that's already there. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, unlike however other companies that we have chose chosen not to as much promoted it. And I think I respect that because, you know, you could promote your internal uh, sort of momentum, but what we really wanted to care and then the, we want to demonstrate to the world and then our industry ecosystem partners is because of what we acquired, now we can truly be the thought leader partnership to virtually every companies out there in industry. And I think to me, whether people recognize as a design thinking or design driven that led us to be one, or it was just a collective you know, shared uh, interest and also collaboration across, uh, does it matter, right? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the one question I've been asking recently. Because trust me, in the past, we want to say, point to designers. Yeah, design, yeah, rock, right? Right. I think at least I'm trying to, I guess I'm calibrating my thought process as to, 
is that really matter at the end of the day? Meaning that if the design truly being powerful and in, impactful, does the design need to shine? Or does the design actually sit back and then disappear? And let someone else to actually do the job of right. it uh, or uh, speak about it. Uh, which is really, again, I'm, I'm learning. But I think it's, it's a fascinating concept that uh, I'm, you know, being contemplating every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I think to me that's the way I would describe as Visa is today. It's definitely uh, design driven, design thinking driven. Every conversation we are in, client, internal, there's not a single you know, meeting that goes by without talking about experience. Uh, and uh, often designers are at the seat at the table, uh, ones that we haven't imagined that we need to be seated at the table to uh, share our thoughts mm-hmm. uh, and share our examples. So to me, that's really what's you know really really exciting about what's working at Visa. As a Is there anything coming up that you can talk about or, or initiatives that you're just in the middle of right now? We believe in the state where if we are so successful in designing the user experience, then the con- consumer experience of that should become more and more invisible. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that effort on our checkout to that interactive button, is our effort to introduce and have been in the market uh, uh, in a few selected merchants, and we're going to try to make it more readily available mm-hmm. in uh, upcoming uh, 2017. But is this is good checkout experience, which is most checkout experience that everyone knows how to use it. But as you come back once, twice, ten times, you don't need this much of real estate mm-hmm. to say you are doing a checkout, Jeremy. Right. You already know. So then our effort is, okay, well, can we start to minimize, minimize to the point where all you need is a quick at a glanceable information mm-hmm. and know that it is you, that you can trust the device that you're using, and then all you have to do is enter your password. If it's a bio-authentic device, you can just do a thumbprint right. and go, or any other, whether eyes or the voice, right, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. So I think that's where we're excited about in marching towards the direction of the future where our experience becomes less and less visible mm-hmm. uh, in effort to amplify our partners' experience, whether it's merchants or issuer or you know, I think to me that's a very exciting uh, journey as a designer. Cool. Try to be invisible as possible. That's awesome. So uh, just a bonus question: Is there a story behind your cartoon avatar pick? In, uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's a when I was at moving from eBay to PayPal, uh, my team, uh, you know. Celebrated. I don't know whether they liked it because I'm finally out of there, <laughs> or they're actually missing me for that reason. But there's a designer who's actually now at Visa. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, who's a really great illustrator, um, and they draw a, a bit of a, a seller dashboard mm-hmm. as I'm like, hey, Kevin seller rating. As so they're coming making me as right. a seller on eBay. Uh, on eBay, right? And they give me all the you know rating, you know, five star, you know, just that's funny you know, feedback. And then he drew up this persona that was so me. It's I great. mean, you know, it was he wasn't like a me giving my picture. He just looked at me because like, oh, this should be Kevin. Yeah. And I, every time Captured I you. Every, yeah, every time I showed that to everybody, everyone said, like, Kevin, that's so you. Yeah. Or even the people that I never met, when they saw that picture and then meet me in the, for the first time, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't dismiss you from walking away because yeah. walking to me because that picture that I see and then the picture that I see in yourself, uh, true identity is like exactly the same. So I've been kind of using it as a cool. my uh, personification, um, and uh, it's, it's been stuck with me since then. Excellent. So the last thing we, we like to yep. do is the Perception Fave 5. 
So really quickly, what's your favorite book? Bible. Okay. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite movie? Uh, oh, what's the movie? Uh, what Woman Want? Favorite food? Anything that my wife cooks. And what's your favorite saying or quote? Uh, passed away UCLA basketball coach, mm -hmm. uh, John uh, Wooden, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, talent is given uh, by God, be humble. Uh, the fame is given by man, be grateful. Uh, conceit is given by yourself, be careful. And to me, that's something that I try that's to great. practice so that I don't get arrogant nor I get humble where I need to be and grateful for things that I have and the team that I have worked with. So That's excellent. That will be my goal. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Sure. It's, it's been, been an honor. Pleasure. Thank been you fun. so much for the time. All right.